It's Wednesday, and it's time for Pop and Politics. We are talking about the latest in hot topics, news, and entertainment. I'm KJ, and let me introduce you to my co-hosts. We have Shelly E., Colleen, Mavereen, and yes, Shelly E., Colleen, and Mavereen. Um, so Yana and T are out tonight. They are on vacation. But again, we have Mavereen filling in. She is a homeschool mom and political outsider running for Senate. Uh, yes, she is running for state Senate against Democrat incumbent Clarence Lamb in District 12. So all of you Columbia, Howard County people, uh, take a look here. This is Mavereen. Get, get to know her. She's running uh, and she will be with us tonight as a co-host. So how's everybody doing? Doing well. Great. Great. Glad to be here. All right. So again, as I always say, join the conversation by leaving a comment on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. We got to get you guys to comment throughout the show. This is how we spread our 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 show. This is how we get the word out. So comment, subscribe. Uh, also, check us out on our website at www.metroconservativemedia.com. Uh, for up-to-date information, we are a necessary voice in news and entertainment. All right. And we are your home for the urban conservatives. So definitely check us out. Okay, ladies, let's set it off. All right. So we are talking about Easter weekend happenings. I know it's Wednesday, but a lot happened on the mo Easter Monday, a lot of news. And I want to talk about some of this stuff. So first we're talking about the Wades. That's Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade. Uh, they posted their Easter photos showing their daughter, uh, their trans daughter, making out with a trans boy. Uh, so let's talk about this and parenting in 2022. These are some of the photos they did post um, on social media, put, a, put together a whole Easter spread. Uh, and this is, they have 14-year-old Zaya, I believe her name is. Uh, so she is, uh, again, biological, born by boy, uh, has transitioned to a girl. And uh, you see on the right there in the white shirt is, uh, I guess, her boyfriend. Um, but it's not just, the twist is not just that. Uh, her friend there is, was a born a girl and is transitioning into a boy. Uh, so um, we have some, these are some of the photos. This is a family photo. And then uh, the Wades posted this one of them kissing their 14 year old kissing uh, her boyfriend, I guess. So want to get your thoughts on that. And then just parenting in 2022, 2022. So I'll start with you, Colleen. What are your thoughts on this? Was it okay for the ways to post this? Was this something that you think is okay for parents to post their kids kissing and making out? I don't have children, but if I did, I don't want my 14-year-old dating. Okay. Uh, what about you, Shelly? We saw these photos uh, showing them they were, you know, all in their the wades in their Easter outfits, and they also included Isaiah's uh, uh, boyfriend, and also posted him 
her kissing. They, they're kissing and making out. What are your thoughts? I think it's tantamount to child abuse, child sexual abuse, even more specifically. All right. And then what about you, Maverine? Uh, you're a mom, homeschooling mom. Uh, and we have here the Wades, Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade, uh, letting their 14-year-old make out with someone else. And they posted it to their social media. What are your thoughts? It, it's too much. And it's um, disturbing that adults would, would think it good to post their kids making out. Um, yeah, it's too much. Yeah. Um, and I want to dig a little bit more into that because, I mean, are we being stuffed shirts? Are we being helicopter parents, helicopter moms when we talk about this? What's the issue with posting about your 14 year old? Uh, and I think she'll, I think she'll be 14 in May. Uh, so she may be 13. Uh, she's either going on 14 or going on 15. But basically making out. We have an, there was another photo they posted of them just kind of hugged up. Uh, I guess in some lounge time. Well, can I can I say that especially, and I feel like as women here that when we were fourteen, um, there was probably well at least when I was in high school. So I went to high school like oh five to oh nine. So when I was fourteen, there was that pressure to have sex or do you know any kind of sexual activities and stuff like that. And let me tell you, you're not any better for it. Your, your self-esteem isn't any better for it. That guy probably doesn't love you. Um, and he's probably going to tell all his friends and ruin your life. So basically at 14, my child will not be dating. It won't happen. And I don't even have a kid, but I'll tell you, it's not going to happen because no good comes of it. Unless that kid is a stand-up you know, gentlemen, hi, Miss Colleen, it's so nice to meet you, but I highly doubt I'm going to meet a 14-year-old kid like that, and I certainly don't want my kid with an older man or something like that. I mean, I just don't see any good coming from a 14-year-old dating anybody, no matter what they identify as at all. Let me ask you about this, because, you know, we I'm sure we all remember our first kiss, uh, and yeah, I, you know, depending on the age, is this something you think your parents would post about on their social media pages? Never, never. Yeah, what are your thoughts, Shelly? So, as I said, it's tantamount to child sexual abuse. Um, let me correct a look what you said, KJ. You said uh, this boy, he's a boy transitioning to a girl. He's not a girl. They had a biological boy with a penis. And the other child is a girl supposedly transitioning to a boy. Look, you, people, human beings don't change one sex like a caterpillar goes to a butterfly. That just doesn't happen like that. He is a boy and the other girl, other child is a girl. That's number one. Number two, this is sexual, child sexual exploitation. They are posting these pictures. Not only are they encouraging it, it's almost, it could be technically like they are soliciting it to some degree. Um, they're soliciting these children, sexualizing these children for all the world to see at 14 years old, hugged up in their state of confusion. They would be confused even if they were not transitioning. 14 year olds tend to be confused, okay? So to, to have them in this, arena like this added this added trans effect and whatever other things that are going on in that family in their minds this is abuse they are exploiting these children they are taking away their innocence they are confusing them mentally emotionally and now they're showing it in for all the world to see 
Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, a lot, some some of the comments online, someone posted at least they're, you know, if, if they are kissing or if they are actually uh, engaging in sexual intercourse, at least it's heterosexual sex. Um, because as you can see, they, you know, you have uh, Dwayne, Dwayne Child, who is transitioning uh, in, into a, born a boy, transitioning to a girl. And then you have... You know, he found a girl who is transitioning to a boy. So what is, I want to get your thoughts on that, Maverine. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that part, part of it? KJ, that, that's actually what stood out to me. When I first started looking at it, I thought about the reality that this is a young man, the Wade young man, who is attracted to a young lady. And for whatever reason, they have been confused into thinking that they are other than they were created to be. The, the challenge is um, parents have a tough time, right? Because they are allowing their children to be exposed to things that are beyond a child's ability to comprehend and beyond a child's ability to stand their ground. So they want to fit in. And it goes back to all that we're seeing in policy and in legislators, in media, and just an all out assault on what is male and female, no matter the age. And I agree with Shelly, it's tantamount to child abuse because these really are little kids who are being now exploited and given the opportunity to demonstrate over the top intimacy for what their age should allow them to, to do and in front of their parents. So um, yeah, I try not to be that dinosaur, you know, like, uh, you know, our parents are like, well, when I was young, we didn't have, but the reality is when we were younger, one, we didn't have the internet. Don't ask how old I am, but we didn't have the internet. But two, there was an expectation that even when, or if you did those things to do it in front of your parents, that was, that was a beat down, yeah. right? That, that was some, um, Holy Ghost casting out some stuff and then maybe even the beat down because the goal is for every parent or should be for every parent to want their child to have a lifetime or childhood of innocence to figure out who they are. Well, I mean, we don't have that. I mean, innocence has been thrown out the window and we know that, I mean, they want to, you know, impose this sexual, you know, sexuality on as young as kindergarten. Uh, so, uh, if, if you, if we were talking about, you know, in, in school and, and things like that, and if this was the same conversation, they would have been saying this was okay to even talk about gender roles and things like that for 14 year olds. And it's being pushed on them even at a younger age. Uh, so this is what we're seeing. Mm -hmm. KJ, you asked where are we being helicopter parents? No, I'm not a helicopter parent. I'm the lion at the gate. That's what I am. I am the lion at the gate when it comes to certain things. I want my child to have a, a healthy, fun, you know, experience some things. Yes, fall down, maybe break a bone, whatever. Okay, you know, have some failures and successes. But when it comes to certain points, I am the lion at the gate. Yeah. And I, I explicitly, wholeheartedly, on purpose, intentionally put myself as the lion at the gate, okay? This is beyond the pale 
these are 14 year olds again 14 year olds are already confused if they're in their own right body if you will but to say that these kids have crossed over again like a caterpillar just changes to a butterfly no that is that doesn't happen and then to put this mess on uh, on uh on the internet or whatever social media platforms and parade it as as if it's normal these children need help and so do their parents yeah and and what do you think for yourself? No. And what about the argument of mind your business? So you hear, you know, Democrats in, in the left, when we talk about transgender issues and we see something like this, they say, well, let them live their life. Let Zaya be whatever she wants to be. It's not a big deal. We all need to mind our business. Uh, she wants to transition. He wants to transition to a girl. And he's dating a girl that is transitioning into a boy. Mind your business. It's, that's their business. Where, who, they put it out. They put it out to number one. They put it out to the for the public foray. Number one. Number two. Again, a fourteen-year-old. Let them. How about let them transition to an adult first, and then when they're an adult, when they are adults, they can decide to do and live their lives however they wish. But at fourteen, they are still minors, and they still need parental guidance. And obviously, they don't have the parents that have the wherewithal to understand this. These parents are exploiting them. But how does this affect the rest of us? It affects the rest of us in a sense that they are they are perpetrating this as if it's normal, as if it's not a mental a mental health uh, crisis. This is this this is the part, and you have young people who are who watch these these kids on whatever media they are on, and they, they they're fascinated with the glitz and the glamour. Again, that's a fourteen year old mind. They don't have the wherewithal to make these adult decisions at fourteen. So then it's paraded as if it's normal. And then these other kids suck it up. This is why parents need to be the lions and the bears at the gates. Mm -hmm. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Yep, that's me. All right. Uh, well, I want to move on to uh, the next topic or the next big breaking story that happened on Easter Monday, which was Ilhan Omar. So uh, actually on Saturday, Minnesota Congresswoman Ilhan Omar, and we all know she's a member of the squad, the group of young progressive Democrats in the House, retweeted a clip of passengers on a chartered fl flight singing a cheerful song about Jesus Christ. It was reportedly uh, chartered by Kingdom Realm Ministries, flying between Georgia and Philadelphia, uh, per Fox News reporting. So while the plane was airborne with seatbelt signs turned off, a man stood up to play a guitar and sing, and other passengers joined. I'm not sure if we have the actual video. Do we? Okay. Uh, Omar, however, was quick to retweet it. She says, I think my family and I should have a prayer session next time I am on a plane. How do you think it will end? So she was basically uh, saying that Muslims are looked down upon during air travel. And um, I want to get your thoughts on this. You know, is public Christian worship wrong? Is Omar correct to assume that public demonstrations of Muslim faith are looked down upon during air travel? I want to start with you on this, uh, uh, Mavereen. The first question, no, public demonstrations of Christianity are not wrong. 
America was founded on biblical values. No matter what anyone says, we still are a biblical nation because our Declaration of Independence and Constitution still stand. Um, and, you know, regarding whether Muslims are frowned upon on airplanes when they worship, I've not experienced it firsthand. So I can only speak about it from the perception. And I hope the perception would be that the Muslims would be praying and not expecting everyone in the plane to bow with them or to honor their God with them. Because unlike Muslim nations, America is a nation that allows people freedom of religion. And it's based again on the Judeo-Christian value. So I think hers is a faulty, a faulty argument. And I would just ask her what it is that really upsets her because mm -hmm. there's something else that's upsetting her. And so what is it that really upsets her about our nation and who we are and let's have that conversation rather than her continuing to deflect in these emotional tirades. All right. What about you, Colleen? Uh, do you agree with Omar? Do you think she's correct to assume that public demonstrations of Muslim faith are looked down upon? So I'll start with that it's not too taboo because Christianity is a predominant religion in America. It's one of the most predominant religions. All so right. it's not crazy. And, and what about you, Shelly? Is public Christian worship on an air flight wrong? I don't think it's wrong, but I will tell you this. I don't know that I would want to be a captive audience to anybody's music taking over the whole plane because I couldn't just get up and leave if I didn't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, Il, uh, whatever her name is, Ilhan Omar, um, the other comment, or what I think the comment she was referring to, the Muslims, hell yeah, I would be afraid if Muslims, some Muslims started praying on a plane because I'd be thinking it would be 911 in that, in that respect. But having said that, if I were on a plane, whether the music was uh, Christian music or anything else, for the most part, if I was not wanting to hear it, I would not have any place else to go. I would be a captive audience. Mm -hmm. Like I, go ahead. I, I watched Chappelle's show, you know, when back in the day. So am I the only one who read that tweet and went, ha! like, you know what I mean? Was like, wow, that would be kind of crazy, you know? But I mean, I, I thought it was funny when that, I thought that was a hilarious tweet, honestly. I was just like, that would be crazy. But no, to be honest, if they did break out in any kind of Muslim prayer, nobody would go, oh, my God, everybody dropped to the deck. Everybody would be like, oh, you know, like, okay. But nobody would freak out over a Muslim prayer. We know the difference between a Muslim yeah. prayer and this is a hijacking. Everybody get down, you know. So she's being dramatic, but I definitely laughed out loud when I first saw that tweet in writing. <laughs> How would everybody react if we did this? Well, wouldn't that be a state? <laughs> and, and we forget that it was a chartered plane. Mm -hmm. So it takes me back to that. It was chartered by this ministry. And so in that way, they have a right that those of us who pay our ticket for one seat don't have. Mm -hmm. um, now, so, Marine, that's a good point because I wasn't sure about if it was chartered or not. But that is a good point. That I mean, come on now, take another flight. This plane mm -hmm. was chartered by Kingdom Ministries. Take another flight. Right, right. That's true. And uh, and and one thing we have to look at context. I mean, when you think about it, 
we do know that, especially here in America, we've been through, as you mentioned, Shelley, uh, 9-11. And, and, and we know that it's, it is, I mean, even though it was many years ago, it, it, does, it does make you a little uncomfortable if you're on a plane and you hear, you know, Arabic shouting or, or what have you. I mean, I guess it just depends on how it would be done. Right. It would be alarming, but would anybody scream, oh my God, this is a hijacking? Probably not. No, no I, don't, I, don't know if anybody, I don't know if anybody would scream that, but to your point, KJ, um, since I'm, I remember 9-11, like many of us do on the call on the show tonight, but like just since 9-11, we know that our um, air transportation has drastically changed from the rules and the protocols. And so it, you know, air travel was already a little nerve wracking for anybody who, fl who was flying. But after 9-11, it made it that much more, you know, like really nervous just getting on an airplane. Mm -hmm. So but again, I don't want to be a captive audience to anyone else's music all over the plane. Again, granted, thank you. This was a chartered plane. But if this was a commercial plane, this is why they have earplugs. You can listen to whatever music you want. All right. All right. Well, again, guys, um, you know, if you have a, a comment, um, you all listening and watching uh, from YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, if you have a comment on this, please uh Definitely share it. Uh, what are your thoughts on on what uh, Ilhan Omar said? Uh, do you agree with her that you know Muslims would have been looking at this a little differently uh, and and felt as though this was something that you, they could have done in the public? Uh, and or do you feel what uh, Mayberine uh, says? She thinks it's something more going on with Ilhan's comments. I want to ask you that. What, what do you think is really behind this? This isn't her first time saying things about Christianity. So I've, I've seen her comments and I've read them. I've heard her make some of those comments. Um, and she just, there appears to be an animosity. And I don't know that I've ever heard her state the foundation for the animosity, but there clearly from her history of some of her public comments and her legislation appear to be an animosity. And even in her comments, she said, you know, maybe me and my family should. I wonder how that would result. That wasn't necessarily the tone of someone thinking, well, we want that same equal right. Mm -hmm. That was the tone of someone thinking that they want to do something provocative to see how one will respond. And we have to be careful. One, yes, let's keep a sense of humor. I hadn't thought about the Dave Chappelle, but now I get it. But let's keep a sense of humor. But, you know, the provocation is the issue. And if we don't figure out how to live together in America, um, yeah, we've got some big issues mm -hmm. because guess what? And I will say this today, Christianity is not going anywhere. Right. Thank We're God. not going to be moved. Thank right? God. So for everyone who is here in the United States now, whether born here and they've chosen to serve the Muslim God or whether they have immigrated here, or relocated here and they serve the Muslim God, we are in a Christian nation and we must learn to live in peace together because Christianity is not going anywhere. Well, that's right there. You said it all there. I mean, I, nothing else to say to that. Um, please join the conversation by leaving a comment on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. We will check the comments periodically throughout the show. Also subscribe 
subscribe and share this video as you comment, as you watch. Just quickly share this to your timeline, to your news feed. Uh, send a, um, copy the link and send it by message. That way we get our audience wider and we get our voices heard. We are the home for the urban conservative. So uh, check us out on our website at www.metroconservativemedia.com for up-to-date information. Again, we are a necessary voice in news and entertainment. All right, ladies, it's time for our pop-off round. Uh, this is the time where I need each of you ladies to pop off on this trending topic and provide your reaction in 30 seconds or less. Okay, so we are starting with you tonight, Shelly. Let's see here. Um, Mayor Brandon Scott. So Mayor Brandon Scott on Tuesday reacted to Baltimore's 100th homicide of, tw of, two of 2022 that occurred on Monday evening in Northwest Baltimore. He said, when you see what people are dying over in this city, when you see incidents of people being killed by folks that they consider friends and in some cases family, we know that we have a lot of healing to do in the city. So my question to you, Shelley, is as a lifelong Baltimorean, is that what you want to hear from the mayor? Hell no. Okay. Let me tell you why that angers me. Number one, I have... Um, an aunt who was murdered in Baltimore city murdered. Okay. And so first of all, the families, you never really fully heal from, from that. But I heard his, the rest of his comments basically saying that we are all responsible. No, we're not. The criminals are responsible. Those who murder and cause the mayhem are responsible. And when we have lackadaisical inept politicians, crooks, basically, like he and Marilyn Mosby, even maybe the commissioner, uh, whatever her husband's name is, when we have people who don't see and understand who the real bad guys are and that they need to be prosecuted, then we're going to have a whole hell of a lot more people that need healing because people in Baltimore are hurting. Mayor Scott is full of it. Right. All right. We are moving right along to you, Mavereen. Take a look at this video and then I'd like your response. We started wearing pronoun okay. pins and the kids get to pick a new pronoun pin every We have some that pick like she, her every single day and we have some that change it up. So I'm a non-binary preschool teacher and my kids know I'm non-binary. Um, they know I'm not a girl or a boy. I use they, them pronouns in the classroom. We work on it. Not all the kids get it. That's okay. And I go by mixed gray in the classroom, not miss or mister. Man, y'all thought me uh, teaching the children about me being poly was crazy. But not only that, but they also know that I'm gender fluid. I'm going to give you my explanation about what it means to be transgender as well. So when babies are born, the doctor looks at them and they make a guess about whether the baby is a boy or a girl. Kids as young as three and four are actually aware of their gender identity, even if they don't have the language for it. To say that pre-K through third grade are not ready for such topics is actually internalized homophobia and transphobia. Oh my God! Oh my God. Those were all elementary school teachers. Uh, kindergarten, first, second, third grade. 
What are your what's your response to that? These are teachers. These are teachers. What are That's your why I'm running for office? That is indoctrination. It's indoctrination by young adults themselves who have made decisions that I don't understand, I don't agree with, but ultimately they will have to deal with the consequences of those choices. And now they are indoctrinating children. Children are sponges. They know exactly what they're doing and they're doing so without the awareness of the parents. And so when your little three or four year old comes home and says that he or she is another gender, the parents are confused and somehow they bought the lie then that the child could make that decision. And as a good parent, I should support them. This is indoctrination and parents must be aware. Parents must stand up. There should be consequences for every teacher who does this because it is grooming. And I say that as a person who was abused as a child, it is grooming. There's no other word for it. All right. All right. And I just want to add, you have a large portion of the population that believe this is not going on. You know, I posted this video today to a group, a Baltimore group, actually. And because someone had posted and was saying that we need to stop saying teachers are doing this because they're not. And I posted that video. And people were shocked. This is going on in your kids' classrooms. And a lot of times, it's like pulling teeth to get our children to tell us, oh, how was your day? But it's subconsciously there, just as Marine talked about. So then, as you mentioned, when someone, you know, your little girl, your little boy comes home, and Sally's saying she wants to be called Sam, and you're wondering why, and as you mentioned, you want to support that, this is why. It is happening in the classroom. It is. It is, it is happening. And especially we must acknowledge and remove them. Yeah, especially where Maverine is running because, I mean, and that's where I'm at. It's my area, Howard County as well. And I'm in these Howard County groups and they'll post all sorts of hateful stuff against DeSantis. Look what this guy did now. And it's like, look what this, look what they did in the Florida schools. And it's just like, guys, he's... Hang on a second here, because this is actually a problem. The clips we just saw are happening. This is a threat. And people in the district that Maverine is running in have no idea. They really don't. They think that Ron DeSantis is being a crazy guy or something. He's just being irrational. This is actually really a threat. KJ, I want to say something before we go on about this. Not only is it indoctrination, again, I still say it's tantamount to child abuse. It also is it's evil as well in that it sets up the child against the parent because most parents, you know, you, you love your children, right? You want to have a relationship with your children. But when you're put in that position and then you have these so-called experts and professionals telling your child one thing, it's causing a wedge, to say the least, between the parent-child relationship. So now it's evil. It, it, it's not just indoctrination. It is evil. Yeah. And I just have to say really quickly, and they've written policies so that when that disconnect between the child and parent occurs, that child may enter the school, say to this gender dysphoric teacher, 
I feel unsafe at home because my parent won't accept me as a he, she, or gender fluid, or whatever it is you've indoctrinated me to believe that I am. And therefore, the teacher and the school system have the right then to start to support that child, support that child outside of the parent's knowledge. This yep. is a planned policy, procedural procedural attack on children and families and parents who are refusing to recognize it are refusing to do so because they're afraid because no one wants to believe that in the United States of America, in our school system, where taxpayers pay for everything that every employee of the school system receives, this is occurring. But we have to stand up and we have to support people like Governor DeSantis, no matter what the groups say, because he's standing up against some big machines who have been indoctrinating our children for the better part of 50 or 60 years. They knew exactly what they were doing while we were asleep. Mm -hmm. That's true. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we're talking about Florida. This is for you, Colleen. So Florida considers revoking Disney privileges. Uh, so basically, a special session of the Florida legislator, legislature this week will consider reversing carve-outs that have long allowed Disney World and the surrounding area to essentially operate as its own independent government. I think it actually passed today. Uh, essentially, since 1965, Disney has been allowed to operate the district as its own independent city. They provide fire and emergency services can build structures without getting city or county approval, levy taxes, and issue bonds. So if the status is revoked, all that would fall back under the control of local governments. My question to you, Colleen, is, is Florida Governor DeSantis overreaching, or do you agree with this reversal? Why or why not? Well, of course, I support what he's doing. Um, I, I think it's great because Disney can't just up and move either because, I mean, there are some great tax benefits in the state of Florida, so they can't just go anywhere else and, you know, not have to pay a high tax bill for it. Um, and also, I was reading about this somewhere else that when they had this status, they were able to report like crimes that happened within Disney grounds as if they were a part of Orlando. So like they wouldn't be... Um, uh, they wouldn't, uh, I guess, report the crimes properly, which would also kind of go hand in hand with the recent bust of all those sex offenders they found that were working for Disney and all sorts of, I mean, they would, there there are trails back to Disney, you know, where people would take these kids on these trips to Disney World, Epstein's clients and stuff. Like, I mean, these laws allowed Disney to not even have to report a lot of crimes because they could report it in such a way that it basically kind of swept it under the rug that anything ever happened at Disney World. So I think that there's an even bigger agenda to this. I think that I think that if Disney had just stayed quiet and it just, you know, not not given into this whole let's go fight this bill thing, they would have just been fine. They could have been keep doing their creepy stuff. But the second that they started getting loud, Governor DeSantis was like, well, you know what? Let's let's look into this a little bit more. And I think it's brilliant. I think it's wonderful. And they're not going to leave. They can't. So I'm, I'm loving every moment of it. All right. Well, again, join the conversation by leaving a comment on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. We will check the comments periodically throughout the show. And do, don't just comment, subscribe. 
uh, subscribe to our social media so you always know when we post new comments. Do you have a question for me that, that you'd like to hear answered by one of our co-hosts? Email me, kj at metroconservativemedia.com. I will ask the co-host your question during our next pop-off. I want to get to some of the comments here. Uh, let's see. We have Edward Burlett. Hi, Edward. He's saying Disney has proven that they cannot be trusted to work in the best interest of Florida citizens and families. All right, that's true. I have here Rena Lamb. Thanks, Colleen. The Lord is uncovering. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Uh, let's see here. We have here Tiana. She says Dan Cox is running on school choice. All right. So we do know Dan Cox is one of the uh, gubernatorial uh, candidates in here in Maryland. Okay. Uh, let's see here. What else do we have here that I missed? Uh, Tiana says, we've been saying for years that Everyone needs to be paying attention to school board elections. They are paying attention now, but so many things are already in place. Absolutely. So keep those questions, uh, I'm sorry, those those comments coming. Remember, take a copy of this link that while you watch and send it in a text message, send it in an email, share it on your newsfeed. Uh, people need to know about this because believe me, uh, a lot of people don't know that this is going on. So again, all right. So uh, moving right along to our next topic tonight, do Republicans hate black women? So I want to check out this article uh, that was written in uh, the Grio, I believe, Grio uh, magazine. And then I want to get you guys' response. It talks about uh, basically how they believe that uh, Republicans hate black women. They go on and talk about the response to Katanji Brown Jackson, who was uh, just confirmed on the Supreme Court uh, and, and a bunch of other things. So uh, I want to start with you tonight, Colleen. What are your thoughts on this? Well, <laughs> no, I don't hate black women. Right. I, like, I can't stand when I read these things, you know? I just like, so, well, when I read things like this, I, ha I read it with a mind. Well, let me say my one line here, okay? I don't take anything this article takes says seriously because she's an MSNBC propagandist. I'll start with that. All right. Uh, what about you, uh, Shelly? What are your thoughts? Wow. Uh, I think Miss Tolliver, the lady who wrote the uh, article, I think she hates Black women. I think she really thinks very low, very low of Black women. All right. And then what are, what are your thoughts on this, uh, Maverine? Do Republicans hate black women? No, they're just playing the race game again. But black women are awakening. And there's nothing worse than a black woman who's realized she's been hoodwinked. Absolutely. And that's what the Democrats have been doing. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to see what happens this next election. We're coming. I, I'm telling we're you, the for black you. vote is going to just... In the name of Jesus, we're coming for I'm, you. I'm telling you, because because first of all, they the, the whole... It, the Democrats used to be all about BLM and the black vote. Now they're like LGBTQ. And it's like they completely threw black people to the side. And I'm just like... It, the voter turnout is going to be, it's going to astound everybody. I think we have no idea what's going to happen. But yeah, well, she, 
the author or the writer actually pokes, um, she specifically calls out Governor DeSantis. Uh, she st- talks about how he compared Stacey Abrams, uh, who ran for governor in Georgia, to Castro during a recent press conference. He says, if Stacey Abrams is elected governor of Georgia, I just want to be honest, that will be a cold war between Florida and Georgia at that point. I mean, I can't have Castro to my south and Abrams to my north. That'd be a disaster. So I hope you guys can take good care of that and we'll end up in good shape. Right. So she uses yeah. that as to be some type of racial uh, slur or some type of hate against black women. Right. And that's why I say she's ignorant. And that's why she makes black women look bad because she has no clue that DeSantis is talking about an ideological perspective about Stacey Abrams' po- uh, political uh, stances similar to Castro's. So she makes black women look totally dumb that all she's focused on is the skin color. He could give a damn about her skin color or how she looks. He's talking about the policies that she would implement that would not benefit Americans, Georgians, or you know, Floridians for that matter. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree there. Um, she she also brings up the old uh, thing about uh, she's saying how Republicans include the mammy trope, welfare queen stereotype, and other, and of course, the entire Southern strategy that was built on white supremacy. She mentions that in the article as well. What are your thoughts there, Maybelline? Once again, ignorance and chosen ignorance because there's enough now for her to just read history. I know that it works because I did it. I used to believe that lie until I read real history books and realized that the KKK, the South, the wickedness was the Democratic Party. And this whole idea that suddenly that Democratic Party became today's Republican Party is also a lie. So read a book and stop pushing racial hatred. Once again, Black women are waking, awakening. We're seeing that the policies haven't worked for us. It's been killing our children, killing our men, destroying our families. And they are feeding that welfare queen pipeline if there is one because they're telling our sisters that you need not have a husband or have a father for your children just keep having babies and we'll keep giving you a welfare check that's right that's right it's time for us to stand up kj she also says she says racist attacks are a core component of the 2022 republican midterm strategy that was one of her quotes in there and i was just like lady are you nuts like, uh, are you nuts? Like, seriously, that that's not going to win anything. Like, appealing to a racist base doesn't bring voter turnout. Like, I'm sorry, it just doesn't. And there is a strong Black conservative, like, force in Florida. I mean, there are plenty of Black conservatives running in Florida right now and that are already holding seats. So it's like, lady, get out of here. I mean, she, she's an MSNBC propagandist. I mean, I... You, you can only take them so seriously and they usually just have this agenda to just just put this division between all of us so that black people will keep voting democrat and that's it like it's just you can just always tell in the tone of their articles where it's like lady do you even believe this you know yeah and, and like you mentioned and this is something they always they they say that the racism or the race baiting is coming from the right yet they're the ones always talking about race. So it's, it's, it's sort of like this thing where, 
oh, they're racist, but we're going to talk about race all the time. Republicans don't even talk about race. You know, right. and that's the one thing that I've noticed when I when I became a, a Republican, because, um, again, most of us, I think all of us on this call have been Democrats uh, mm-hmm. for, you know, a good majority, a good a good portion of our lives. And so, uh, you know, as me coming into the Republican Party, one thing they don't talk about race. It's just like, who are you? What are your interests? What do you what do you believe? What are your ideologies? What are your what are your policy interests? Mm-hmm. It's not about race. What most people would do? Yes, would walk away. People need to walk away from this box, these boxes that the Democrat Party puts us all in. KJ, another thing that Republicans don't do, they don't wait until election cycles to go around to churches and start talking with a Southern drawl, right? Mm -hmm. They don't go around on uh, talk shows, on black talk shows, and then telling the black people that they ain't black. They don't do that. They don't pander and belittle and demean black people like that. They don't talk about race because it's not, your skin color is not the important thing if you're a member of the Republican Party or if you vote conservatively. It's about the values and the principles like Maybarine mentioned earlier, the Judeo-Christian values on which our country is founded. That's what matters. Absolutely. Uh, Well, uh, as I mentioned, Join the conversation uh, by leaving a comment on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. As you see, we will check the comments periodically throughout the show. Also, subscribe as you're commenting. Please share this this video. Send it in a Facebook message if you're on Facebook. Share it to your timeline. Uh, Send the link from YouTube to a message, text message to your friends, family. We want to get the word out about this, that Number one, we are the home of the uh, urban conservative. And number two, we need to get the truth out there because mainstream media is not doing it. So again, check us out on our website at www.metroconservativemedia.com for up-to-date information. Again, we are a necessary voice in news and entertainment. All right, so we are moving to our final topic tonight, which is uh, science. So science and politics are talking about the TSA announcement this week. A federal judge struck down the federal mask mandate for public transportation. Uh, The TSA announced it will stop enforcing the requirement. The mask mandate was due to expire on May 3rd. Take a look at this exchange between Ducey, who is a reporter, uh, and for Fox News, I believe, and uh, the press secretary for the White House, Jen Psaki. Um, but these determinations, remember the masking guidance is there are is green, yellow, and red. We are currently in a green zone in Washington, D.C., so they're not recommending it. Some people can still wear a mask if they want to. Many people do, or wear them in meetings, or wear them at certain times where you're going to be around or sitting close to people, or maybe you have an immunocompromised parent or, or friend, and so people make that decision. And there's this is based on health considerations and data that the CDC looks at about transmissibility as, as we've seen an increase in cases on, on airplanes. And would the president support 
if a flight is leaving from an airport in a green zone, those people don't have to wear masks? Again, Peter, there's a di there's been long a difference from the beginning about people on an airplane and in uh, federal transportation vehicles and situations than where they are in locations. Like we here, here continue to be in Washington, D.C., a green zone. But what we'd ask for, I think it's important to remember, is a two-week extension, or not asked for, what we had announced was a two-week extension to look at the data and make recommendations based on the data and the science about whether it should be continued or not. Are you done? Are you done? Are, are... <laughs> Hands, I couldn't. <laughs> in a plane? In I, I actually sympathize with her. I, I feel sorry for her because she knows that she's she has to try to make untrue, illogical, falsehoods yeah. sound reasonable. Oh, she, she believes it. She believes it. You, you think she still believes, believes it? Oh, you, she, believes she believes it. it. I don't think she does. She believes I think it. She I, was I'm crying. She was crying she this it. week uh, about, uh, she was crying about uh, the the, uh, the parental choice bill in oh, Florida. Yeah. She was crying about that thing. I feel sorry for what these people are doing to trans kids. Well, I feel sorry that people are dying in Baltimore City. Right. You want to cry right. about that? Cry I about the high crime rates in Baltimore, in uh, Detroit, in, in Chicago, Chicago. Richmond. Cry right. about that. Maybe if they focus their energy on that rather than the masks, we could actually get something done. That would right. be amazing. Exactly. That. You're crying because parents, you, they passed a bill to say you can't talk about sex with kindergarten and third to third grade. That's what you're crying about. You know, Maryland just passed a bill that says that they can. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and talk about that. I know we, we came off topic a little bit, but. So, and, and, and I know I just keep going back to that, but this is a pivotal election for us. Mm -hmm. If we don't make different choices, and I say we, I'm still talking to Black people because Black people are predominantly voting along D or R. They're not looking at the legislation. They're not looking at the history of the people they're voting for. They're not even considering their condition in life and whether their lives have truly become better under 60 or 70 years of Democrat control. If we don't make different choices, the lion at the gate that Shelley is, is going to have to be a lion that's carrying the sword and the spirit and the gun and some more stuff because they are genuinely writing policies that will make illegal parental rights for their children. Mm -hmm. Maryland has passed legislation. They put forth legislation. They are forcing things on parents and children that the parents are unaware of. They are putting out surveys to children that they're requiring the teachers to, to assign non-disclosure agreements about that have questionable questions about their sexuality and their preferences and their encounters, things that are horrible. We have to make some different choices, people. So Black mm -hmm. people, please don't look at this as D or R. Just look at this from the perspective of what is right for families, what's right for children, what's right for the cities. What's right, right for them? What's right for you? Yes, what, yes what's right for you? your children, your grandchildren. And we can't keep saying we care about Baltimore City or we care about Richmond 
or we care about Washington, D.C., and keep putting in people who put policies in place that are causing people to be killed daily, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds each year. Yeah. So we have to, we have to um, at some point, yeah, old school, we'd say stop talking out the side of your neck. Do something different. Right. That's true. You're right right there. And, and, and that brings me back to, to Jen Psaki. Uh, you know, again, we're looking at, and, and they actually, you know, as I mentioned, uh, the TSA announced they would stop enforcing the requirement, judge ruled. Well, today, the Justice Department appealed the ruling by a federal, so they're, they're trying to appeal a, a, the ruling by the federal judge that struck down the mask mandate for mass transportation following a recommendation by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. So I want to get you guys' thoughts on this. I mean, are we talking, is this a legitimate concern uh, regarding these masks? Uh, is this the science that either they're looking at or that has changed? I want to start with you on that, Shelly. No, let me tell you what this is. This is a bunch of bunk, okay? The mask is a symbol. It's the last vestige of control, fear, and panic-inducing. They are trying their best to hold on to this last little bit of control they have over the people of, of America, really, to, 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 to keep them in this panic-induced state. When you can induce fear and panic in people, then you can get them to do what you want them to do. All right. What are your thoughts, Colleen? You know, is Jen Psaki, does she have some type of, uh, is she coming from a place of uh, validation and legitimacy? Is she, is it really science to invoke here as far as this man mask mandate that they're still trying to fight against or fight for keeping? Definitely not. Um, I just think that this is uh, just what Republicans needed in time for midterms, just more authoritarianism from the Biden regime. So this is just what we need. Mm -hmm. What about you? What are your thoughts, uh, Maverine, as, as far as this is, is concerned? You know, is Jen Psaki coming from a place of some type of reason behind no. that? It's irrational. I do still sympathize with her, though, because I do feel like she is trying to make um, lies sound like the truth. Right. It, it, and she's make she's put herself in that predic predicament. And um, so she's trying to make it sound real. But here's the thing, guys, the mandates have always been illegal. They've always known that the mask, no matter whether they're in 95 rated or whatever the case may be, the masks are woven in such a way that the COVID virus, that COVID genetic virus could get through and permeate to the other person. So all of the science has been faulty from the beginning, but because we were too afraid initially to say no, to the illegal mandates, we kept falling into like Shelly and, and Colleen have said, we fell into this mass hysteria and they were able to control us. I believe it's been a test to see how much we would allow our government to control us. Mm -hmm. It was a test to see how far we would go if they instilled fear in us to become a communist controlled nation. Right. Or is there still the spirit of the founders of America, the Revolutionary War people somewhere in us. It's all been a test. Mm -hmm. And people like Jen Psaki, um, hopefully they'll wake up. And if they don't, again, you know, things are just gonna, they're gonna pan out. Things are gonna shake out to be what they need to be. 
Well, I don't, I don't know about anybody else, but I actually get nervous when I'm among a lot of masked people and like, I basically can't tell who anybody is. So airports always, ever since we implemented the masks have always kind of kept me on edge because I'm like, somebody is about to do something crazy. I know it. And I'm not even going to be able to tell who the hell did it because we're all masked. So I've been adamantly against masks since about like a month of them us ha- about a month of it i was like okay after all the da- data started coming out that it wasn't doing much and stuff like that it became more of a safety right. concern because now that the crime has risen so much the last place i want everybody to be masked up like a bunch of robots is at an airport you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying so no when things go down when somebody pulls out a gun like they just did in the new york city subway and they ask what did he look like that's a good question how would i know so this mm-hmm. they should have gotten the masks off the planes as soon as they could because it's a safety concern before right. anything and i can't be oh, having the, the mask the mass debate has always been fraught with so much confusion, hysteria, and panic from the Surgeon General back in uh, March 2020, Dr. Birx, Anthony Fauci, to the congressmen, the mayors who were seen without the mask while they are adamantly pushing that their people wear them, to Nancy Pelosi and other elites. They have been full of it from the beginning. This has been known that these little paper masks that people are wearing or even the cotton ones do absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we've seen other countries, other areas uh, do away with the mask months ago. And they are seeing the same type of numbers that we're seeing here in the United States. Uh, and, and you brought up a good point, Colleen, ab- about the crime. And it, it is, you know, when you initially said that, I said, yeah, I don't know if I'm afraid of people with masks. But actually something happened to me uh, a couple nights ago. I, I was driving through my area and I saw like four guys were sitting on, it was night. It was like, could have been like 11, 11 p.m. And I saw four individuals. I think they were guys. They were all sitting on the stairs of an outdoor uh, uh, like grocery store area. And they were sitting there, but they were masked down. They had hoods up and then they had the mask. They actually had the face mask on. So it wasn't just like a, an N95 or a face. You know, they had the whole full face. So all you could see is their eyes. And it was really, it, it, was, it, it was disturbing. I, I actually got kind of nervous. Um, and I did because my, I knew my husband and my son were walking, uh, and I knew they had to walk past them and it just, it just jarred at me. It was jarring. So I actually, I get what you think you're talking about there. It can be a situation, especially as an urbanite, someone living in the city, we have all this crime spiking, uh, and you see people with just totally masked up. And you don't know what their intentions are. It, it is a little scary. Look at all the footage of all the street crimes of everything. All of them are wearing masks. Are they scared of COVID? No. They're taking opportunity that they never had before, that they could literally mask their identity, pop somebody in the face, take a purse, and go on about their day. Oh, it was caught on camera. Too bad. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's just common sense to me. I mean, this is like literally constructed terror that we've been living under for the last few years. I mean, it's not by accident, no, by any means. 
So I, like I said, when I'm in a room of fully masked people, I'm like, I'm out of here. One of you is crazy and I'm not going to sit around and find out who it is, you know? That's true. And, and, and we, we are you know, running out of time. But a last question I want to ask you guys, because you, you all have kind of hinted that this is the beginning. This is a precursor to something. Any predictions on what is next? What is next for us as far as this authoritarian regime that we see encroaching on our freedoms and this sort of uh, beginning portion of this? What do you guys think is next? I don't have any predictions, right? I, I try not to predict, but I will say that historically, when tyranny has started to rear its head and they see the people starting to resist, the um, tyrannical forces become more intense because they're afraid to lose what ground they've already taken. So I would just say for all of us to be prepared for the next wave, whatever that looks like, just be prepared to stand your ground, to stay steady, to stay prayed up, and know that if you don't go along with the machine or you don't go along with what their plan is, it will come to pass. Things will calm. We just have to be prepared for what's coming up in this next year or two because it's going to be intense. Can I can I say something really quick? Mm -hmm. because I really want to point out something big you said because you said that they're fighting really hard when they're starting to lose the hardest. Why are they pushing for it at airports so hard? Because there are a lot of tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists out there that will tell you that 9-11 was an inside job. So if if that was if that was a conspiracy theory that we ever wanted to run with, it'd be a lot easier if everybody was masked. So, you know, and I mean, there's a lot of crazy things that can happen when everybody's masked. Why are they pushing it so hard? Good question. Good question. So, what about you, know. you uh, Shelly? Like uh, maybe Rena, I'm not going to make a, uh, I guess a, a flat prediction, but what I think could happen is that they're going to be at least two divergent positions, two divergent groups, if you will. One group that is holding down and standing on the principles, the values of Judeo-Christian values of our country on the constitution and the other group basically doing the opposite. So we are going to be faced, facing our Americans, fellow Americans, and I'm going to use this loosely on the battleground. We are going to be forced to make decisions and change, change the directions, if you will, of our lives, even against people that we may love. Mm. Yeah, I concur, Shelley. You, you said that wonderfully, and it and it will require us being so committed to our freedoms. Right. I think Harriet Tubman said she can make two choices, liberty and death. Right. And if you take my liberty, I'm going to fight for it to the death. And I'm paraphrasing her there. But we are coming to that place. And we ultimately know that good always wins, guys. Right. Good always. The truth always wins. People can say anything they want about the United States of America, but we still live in the best nation in the world. No matter what's going on in the White House, no matter what's going on every place else, no matter what even some of our elected officials might feel about our nation. We live in the best nation in the world. We just stand on our values. The Bible doesn't change. The Constitution won't change. All right. And I want to look um, before I, we, we close out. Uh, we do have a question here uh, 
from uh, Henry Masters uh, asks, would you all recommend a book that I can suggest to liberals? And I know Shelley is one of uh, an avid reader. Uh, so does anyone have any suggestions? Yeah, I always start to my, um, someone I really admire, any book by Thomas Sowell. Any book by Thomas Sowell, start there, you won't go wrong. And then I know you've mentioned before um, Jason Riley, I believe. Mm -hmm. Jason uh, Riley has a good one. one. One of the ones that comes to mind is Please Stop Helping Us. Mm -hmm. uh, not real long, but that might be a good read too. Yeah, for liberals, especially. especially. That's a good one. Yes. They've helped us right to the to the death box. Yes. And another good one, just about the the history of America overall, mm -hmm. if you can keep it, by Eric Metaxas. It's a quick and easy read, but it takes you through all of the lies of what is truly the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, the foundations of our Constitution, and it's a good entertaining read as well if you can keep it by eric metaxas if you said i might take that if you can keep it that's yes it's based on a quote um i believe by thomas jefferson um and he was asked by a person about the republic that they had yep. fought for in the united states of america i think it was benjamin franklin. Benjamin, said, franklin. Oh, benjamin, benjamin franklin thank yep. you ladies and he basically said it's great and it's going to be unlike anything we've ever seen and experienced if you can keep it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, let me throw my two books because I'm not really a big reader. So if I read anything, it's a it's something. So I will say Bullies by Ben Shapiro for anybody who's just starting to get into the conservative movement. It really helps to kind of understand how they use like the mob mentality to really silence everybody. And then Candace Owens's book Blackout is great to show the Democrat party's stronghold over black America that really opened my eyes to so much. So those are two good books for anybody who's really trying to get down those rabbit holes. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our show tonight. Uh, awesome show tonight, ladies. Thank you so much uh, for all of your comments. Um, since we have uh, Maybarine, you as our guest, and I know you are running a campaign, anything you'd like to share, any assistance you may need with, or any, where people can find you? Uh, with the audience Please. Yes, ladies. This really is a non-political person going up against a machine. It's uh, David versus Goliath. And so reach out to me if you all are willing to help in any way with social media, photography, um, building a website. I spent a few hours today trying to build a website, bless my heart. But the um, email address is vote for the number four, Mavoreen at proton.me. Again, that's vote the number four, Mavoreen at proton, P R O T O N dot M E. Um, and we're looking for those who'd be willing to join with us on this mission to take back our schools, to make sure that parents have rights, to remove every aspect of critical race theory from our state legislation. It's crept into transportation policy, health policy, building policy, anything you can think of, there has been a critical race theory element introduced and implemented. Um, and also to restore uh, the rule of law and support our local law enforcement, because the very same things that have unfortunately been happening in Baltimore City for decades is now creeping into the suburbs because the same policies have crept into the suburbs. So reach out to us and join us in this battle to move Maryland forward together. 
Thank you. All right. All right. So uh, as I mentioned, we have come to the end of the show tonight. Uh, one thing I wanted to leave, because we mentioned, to you know, as far as what's next, uh, what's next on the horizon for our country, our world. Uh, and, and everyone mentioned, you know, different things and ways we can combat that and things that may happen. One thing, you know, I want to talk about, and I know we're just coming off of Easter week, uh, Easter, Passover and Ramadan. Uh, but I'm a Christian, and so um, want to talk about the resurrection of Christ because when you think about that, this has been my pastor preached about this this week. He talked about having a resurrection mindset, a resurrection spirit, and so when we say that, a lot of people are still in that tomb. A lot of people are still wrapped in that cloth and are still in the tomb and are laying there. And these are the types of thinking. Say again. They land their thinking. Right. And <laughs> and and they it's almost as if they, they're dead. They they have this 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 uh this crucified mentality. And um they're not critical thinkers, they're just going on along with everything that has been going on with us, you know, the same politicians, this, you know, this mad, mainstream media listening to this, not looking at other avenues, other research. We need a resurrected spirit. We need to come out of those wrapped claws, out of the tomb, and get up and open our eyes, listen, and critically think about what we are being fed by the masses and ask questions and research and debate it. This is what we need. We need to do this for ourselves and our children. And I challenge you to do that. Everything that we say on here, research it, research it, check up on it and on valid sources and check behind what we're saying. And this is what we want you to do. We are not telling you to believe us without even just uh, looking into it. Check up on what we're saying. And, and, if, and after you do that, come back next week and tell us what you think. You know, hold us accountable. Comment in the comments on our next week's show and say, hey, KJ, you said so-and-so and so, and I researched this, and this wasn't what I found it to be. And we can have a spirited conversation about it. I would love that um, because that's what we're here to do. We're not here to tell you how to think, tell you what to do. We're here to critically think about everything and question leadership, especially here in Maryland, because we've been under the same leadership for decades, and we need to start to wake up, have a resurrection mindset. So again, continue the conversation by checking us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and subscribe. Subscribe so that way you know uh, you get up-to-the-minute content when we post, and we appreciate the support. We are an independent media, and each time you subscribe, it helps make our voice that much stronger. We are your home for the urban conservative. We're all city people. And we are critical thinkers. So again, we are a necessary voice in news and entertainment. Check us out on our website at www.metroconservativemedia.com. We look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, count your blessings and live a life of purpose. Good night.